What's up, fam? Welcome back to Well That's Good Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Y'all, we have a special guest today. I'm super excited. But once again, just want to remind y'all that conference is right around the corner. August 19th and 20th at the Monroe, Louisiana Civic Center, where I grew up and where Christian and I live. We're so excited. We cannot wait to host all of you here. Don't forget to buy your ticket today at LOSisterConference.com and make your plans to get here in person with us. We're so excited. Now, without further ado, welcoming our guest on the podcast, y'all. She is an incredible person, an incredible singer, an incredible artist. I'm sure you have jammed in the car to her song, My Jesus. So excited to have Ann Wilson on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Gosh, it's awesome. And throwback to just, uh, what was that, two months ago? And I got to hand you an Caleb Award. So this is super fun. That was so fun. That was so surreal for me. That was so awesome. And by the way, I hope no one who performed is listening to this. But when we left, Christian was like, Ann Wilson was the best performance. I was like, she was. She was so good. I know. It was awesome. That's so sweet. It was so good. Wow. Well, okay. I asked this question to everyone on the Whoa That's Good podcast. But what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? We're jumping right in. Wow. Um, that's hard. It is hard. It'll stump you. It does. So my mom is like a huge part of my testimony and just, she's just been really incredible and just kind of helping me with my faith journey and laying that foundation for me growing up. Um, I would say one of the best pieces of advice she's given me, um, it sounds cliche, but just that for me to keep Jesus first and front and center And, um, I grew up in a Christian house. And so like, I heard that a lot, but it has so much power and it's so true that if you keep Jesus front and center of your life, everything else kind of just falls into place. And if you keep your eyes fixed on him, everything's going to work out. And so I think that's been something that I've kind of clung to my whole life and, um, really just held on to is just keeping Jesus first, no matter what happens, no matter what life throws at me. Um, and just having that perspective. That's good. I love that because the reason why it's so cool to ask such influential people, like what's the best piece of advice you were given is because when you say that advice, it normally is so obvious already. Like, cause that has shaped you so much and you're a lot of what you're known for is literally your song, my Jesus. So the fact that like the best piece of advice spoken to you is keeping Jesus first. And that's been like such a, you know, strong thing in your life is really incredible. I love that. All right, so I want to get to know your story a little bit more. So um, I heard that your mom kind of was the one that made you start taking piano lessons, but did you always like music? Was that something you thought you wanted to do or not so much? Is it more like something you had to do? Yeah, so my mom like forced me to take piano lessons. It was so miserable. I hated it. Um, She made me and my sister and my brother take piano lessons. So it was something that like I grew up, in a church that we didn't have, like, we didn't sing, like, Christian contemporary songs. We only sang hymns. And so um, part of that was why she wanted me to play the piano so that I could play the piano at church one day. And that was her biggest dream. Um, And so, yeah, I didn't enjoy music. I I listened to Christian radio in the car, but that was kind of it. And, um, I mean, I really did not have a passion for music at all growing up. Um, I enjoyed listening to music. I just didn't really like having to sit down and practice the piano and like work on it as like a craft or a hobby or anything. 
Wow, that's crazy. So that's funny because I grew up at a church where we just sang hymns as well. And I would listen to the radio Christian music sometimes. But then whenever my like eyes were open to really worship out there, I remember like the first time I was like, wait, Hillsong Worship, what is this? It was like, whoa, this is so good. Yes, and I was like 17, you know, when I really started hearing all of this music. And now I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. But um, my mind was like blown. So I I have a similar upbringing. So did you like sing a lot whenever you were little or or not really? Was that not really your thing? No, I never sang in front of anyone. I didn't have a passion or desire to, to sing at all. And um, yeah, I mean, I was singing the choir, I guess, at church, but that was kind of my extent of singing. Wow. And so I read somewhere or heard you say that you actually wanted to be an astronaut. Yes. That's <laughs> epic. I know. I wanted to work for NASA. It was just like my biggest dream. That is epic. Were you good at that? Was that something like, were you were you good at math and science or were you just like a space yeah. kid? I So I was always very like, I guess naturally gifted at math and science and I was horrible at writing. So like I couldn't write a paper. I was just like so bad in that area, but it was like natural for math and science. So that's kind of where my love, I guess, started was it came natural. And I was like, I love Jesus. I wanted to explore his creation. And then I just was fascinated with space and learning as much as I could about it. And so it kind of was the only thing that made sense in my mind when I thought about my future of what I wanted to do, it was like that was what I wanted to do. And that yeah. made total sense to me. Isn't that crazy? It's like, you know, some things that make sense to us. And we're like, oh, well, this makes sense that this is what's going to happen. And God's like, ha, nope. Um, but that's that's when faith comes into play. You know, that that's whenever faith comes into play, which is really cool. So um, obviously your life didn't go that route um, unless, hey, it's not over yet. You could still be an astronaut if you so desired. Um, but obviously you're doing something completely different. And I know there was a pivotal point in your life when um, your life took a turn and you realized God was calling you something different. So you want to share a little bit about your story um, whenever your life really changed? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know you probably hear this a lot, but I'm just going to say I grew up watching Duck Dynasty. And what's sweet about that is that me and my brother would watch it together. And so it's just cool that we're doing this podcast today because it's like me and my brother have that connection and and now that we have this connection it's just really cool um but yeah yeah so um my brother passed away in a car accident in 2017 he was 23 years old I was 15 at the time he was eight years older than me and it was the most tragic time of my entire life um losing Jacob was very it was a very pivotal moment in my walk with Jesus and just my walk in life. It changed my entire perspective on life, um, taught me how to really value life and each day that God gives us and to keep my attention and my focus on heaven. And that was really, that was just a really hard season. Um, but through losing Jacob, God called me to music and, and kind of placed this desire to worship him in my heart that I had never had. So I remember Four days after my brother passed away, I was downstairs at my piano, um, you know, playing the piano because I, I knew how to play and then singing. And I'd never sang in front of anyone before. My mom and dad had never even heard me sing. And so I was sitting down and just worshiping. And um, you mentioned Hillsong earlier. I was singing uh, What a Beautiful Name by Hillsong. And I was just worshiping and 
my mom comes in the room and she's like freaking out and she's like, Anne, we didn't know you could sing. Like, where is this all coming from? And I was like, mom, I do not sing. I do not know what this is. And um, I was basically like, I'm just worshiping Jesus right now. So she asks me if I would be willing to sing at my brother's funeral because we couldn't find anyone to sing. So I ended up praying about it and just spending time with Jesus and um, really felt like I was being called to sing at the funeral. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash Sadie Rob summer. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. So I decided to, and I got some friends together and we we sang What a Beautiful Name at my brother's funeral. And there were 1,200 people there completely packed out and I just remember like standing on that stage at the piano sitting down and looking out into the 1200 people and then seeing my brother's casket and just kind of having this moment of realizing like this is exactly what God has called me to do he's called me to use my brokenness and my pain in my story to impact others and to share the hope that I found in Jesus so it's just as hard as it was it was such a beautiful moment of knowing that I can't give up I can't, you know, give up on this life, but I have to keep going because if I'm here, if I'm still here and alive, then I still have a purpose and I still have a plan that I need to fulfill for Jesus. And so that's kind of when I decided to give my life to the Lord in a in a really fresh way and, and decide to use the rest of my days on earth to really just glorify him and to allow him to use me in whatever ways he could. That's incredible. I love that. I love that your mission was not to become a singer and it wasn't to become you know a famous christian musician it it was literally to get the name of jesus out there and to use your brokenness and and i think whenever you have that heart posture of like god you can take my brokenness and use it in whatever way to shine glory like to 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 show people your glory and to show people your light when you come to God with that heart posture like I think amazing things happen you know that willingness and that surrender to say God use me send me in whatever way and obviously you would have probably never guessed that that prayer and saying yes to that would lead to what you're doing now I mean how how could you have even imagined that you know but God does exceedingly more than what we could ask for and think of or imagine. Um, where did you, okay, so you're 15 at the time, right? So that's pretty young to be that like solid and mature in your faith. Um, was there a time in your life before then where you felt like really angered in faith or was it just growing up in church and kind of just having a family who was so rooted in faith? Um, does that make sense? Like, was there a time in your life where was it kind of just being so anchored because that's what you've known your whole life? For me, I grew up in a Christian house, but that actually, I never knew God like growing up at all. Like I would go to church just because my parents, you know, made us go to church and they didn't like necessarily force their faith on us, but I was definitely, I knew about God. I knew, you know, what to do, what was right and wrong. I knew the Bible and I had a ton of scripture memorized, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And it was almost like um, I had the head knowledge, but I didn't have the heart knowledge. I didn't have the connection with Jesus, but I knew everything about him. And so I did have a moment when I was in seventh grade. Um, it was my first day of seventh grade school year. And I was I was heading down a pretty bad path in my life. Like I was giving in to just like the worldly stuff, temptations around me and hanging out with people that were just kind of bringing me down that path. And 
so it was kind of a pivotal moment and just like, you know, I was just gotten into middle school and you know how that is, like just that age and all that stuff. And so I was like almost down this really bad path. And then I had this new Bible teacher come into our school and he just started like weeping over Jesus. Like he just couldn't stop crying. He was just so in love with Jesus. And I remember like having this moment of realizing that like everything I had been taught as a little girl was really true, that I actually have a relationship with Jesus. I could know him intimately, personally. And that was actually like the most pivotal moment of my entire life was realizing that for myself and it not being my parents' faith, but me kind of claiming it as my own. That was really the moment that I just fell in love with Jesus and I became so on fire for him. And I had walked through some pretty rough stuff before then. And it was like, this was the first moment that I just felt like I was found and I was loved and I was understood. And it was just the sweetest thing ever. Like just knowing that God, the creator of the universe, wanted to make me and create me and love me and send his son to die for me. And all those things started to just make sense. And I really started to have a relationship with the Lord. That is so cool. I love that. And just a note for people listening, like it wasn't that she was at some conference and this pastor said something that was so crazy and boom, life wrecked or it wasn't like she had this moment where she went to Africa and she's like, you know what I'm saying? Like she was literally at school and someone came in who was a Bible teacher who was weeping. And so I just want to make that note because I think sometimes people think that like God only moves in these radical ways and these radical things, but God moves radically through you, you know, through you radically understanding who he is. And so when you walk out in faith and you truly believe God is who he says he is and you're moved and you're touched by his spirit, that moves the heart of others. And so I just love that this Bible teacher who walks in and is just completely madly in love with the Lord and is having this um, sweet moment of just talking about the Lord impacted you in such a way that you go out and now you you're reaching, like I saw your songs have like 15, one of them has 15 million downloads. Like you have 600,000 monthly listeners. And like that impact was sparked by this Bible teacher years ago and your family's faith and the obedience to just um, stewarding a family and growing a family who loves the Lord. So just a reminder to people out there, like, you know, it doesn't have to be some crazy life that you're living to really lead a life for Christ. You know, you don't have to be the one on stage. You don't have to be the one going to us. You can literally just be where you're at and be so moved by God that it changes people. So I love that. That's so good. Okay, so connect the dots for us. So you you are at your brother's funeral and you sing What a Beautiful Name. And now we see you here. How did that happen? Like how what was the next step after that that really got you into pursuing uh, music? So um after my brother passed away and I did that song at the funeral, um, I had a ton of family and friends ask me if I would kind of put together like a little cover video of it and post it to YouTube so that we could just like have it to look back on and like dedicate it to my brother kind of thing. I didn't think anything of it. I did the video. I put it out there and I literally didn't even check like the views or whatever on YouTube. Like I didn't care. It was just a it was really just a video for my brother. Yeah. So then about two months later, it kind of went like somewhat viral enough to where people in Nashville started to see it. Um, and I was a sophomore in high school at the time, um, still 15, so young, still 
you know, really grieving the loss of my brother and just trying to get through every day. And uh, I had someone DM me on Instagram and said that he worked for a manager in Nashville who was a Christian manager and had developed all these like incredible artists. And he'd worked with like Justin Bieber and like all this crazy stuff. And I thought it was a scam. And so I was just like, I show my parents and they were like, just delete it. It's fine. (laughs) Well, then he kept freaking out and we were like, okay, this seems like it's legit and this is real. So we ended up um, going to Nashville in January of 2018 and sitting down with uh, my previous manager. And he basically just told us like, this is what it's like to be in the music industry. If you want to do Christian music, this is what it takes. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice. But obviously, you know, you're doing it for God. You're doing it for his glory and not yourself. And I just remember walking out of there and having this, this like crazy understanding of just knowing that this is exactly what I was going to do and that this is what God had for me. And so then about eight or nine months later, we started working together, um, started kind of just becoming an artist and was still in high school, but I was coming to Nashville and writing songs and meeting with record labels and doing the whole thing. And then, um, in 2019, I was offered a record deal by Capitol records, mm-hmm. um, which is where I'm at right now. And it was just cool. like, so surreal to know that God literally had used the loss of my brother and all of this music stuff came from that. And yeah. like, if that had happened, I probably would not be here where I am today. Wow. So it's just such a cool, um, just being able to reflect on that is such a gift and knowing that that God had such a plan in that. And then um, I wrote in 2020, obviously that was a crazy year for all of us. uh, I finished, I graduated high school in 2020, which was so sad. I didn't get like the That is so sad. It was crazy. Yeah, it was was tough. Um, And so then that year, I really just took that year to write a ton of songs. And I wrote 130 songs. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and so well, Jesus came out of that batch, and a lot of the record was written that year. Um, so then we just decided to release a song, and we picked My Jesus and released it uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe a little less than that. And wow. within 24 hours, it had like 9 million views on Facebook. Oh, my and it just gosh. blew up, and it was another testament to the fact that I was doing what God called me to do, and I knew within my heart that that was what he had planned for me. Hmm. So it's just been the best journey getting from the funeral to where I am today and knowing within my heart that all of it's, you know, a result of my brother passing away and Hmm. just knowing that God didn't waste any of the tragedy and that he used it all for good. That's so cool. That's so good. That's going to encourage so many people I know listening who have walked through tragic things, just cling to the hope that God has a purpose and a plan. And I know like people say that all the time and it can almost be annoying to hear whenever someone just says that as advice, but whenever someone lays out a story like you just lay, that's a testimony of like, no, Mm -hmm. God did have a purpose and a plan and God is still walking that out. And that doesn't make all of that make sense. That still hurts, but God is still using it for good. And, um, man, it's just, that's such a cool story. So when you wrote My Jesus, do you remember, like, writing that thinking, like, this is something, like, that's going to be really big? Or when you wrote it, were you just kind of like, okay, here's another song? Because it's always fascinating that, like, um, sometimes you hear these huge songs and people say, oh, we were in the room and we knew. And then sometimes you hear them say, we honestly almost scratched that song. It almost didn't make it. You know, what kind of was that song for y'all? Yeah, it's, it is so fun hearing all that. Um 
So my Jesus was not like I did not expect it to go number wow. one at all. I thought it would reach people, but I had no idea what it was going to do. And none yeah. of us did in my team. Like we would have never guessed that it would do what it's done. Um, I do remember when I wrote it feeling like Jesus is all over this song. Hmm. But just because Jesus is all over a song doesn't mean it's going to go number one. Yeah. You know, it's like the Lord's presence, in my opinion, is on every song in Christian music. Absolutely. I believe that he's in every song. But sometimes he's just – his plans are different. And sometimes a song will go number one or sometimes it will not, you know, not even get to top 20. Yeah. But it's still impacting people. Yeah. And I remember praying the night that it came out. I just said, Lord – even if this song is meant for one person, would you just allow this song to be a beacon of light and hope? And would you help this song help someone's life and change their life? And awesome. he did that, you know, times thousands. I mean, there's so many people who have been saved through this song. That's awesome. And it's just so cool being able to look back on that and see all that he's done through it. That is so cool. I love that. I also love that you graduated high school in the midst of all this like hard work. Um, so for me, I was working a lot when I was in high school as well. And my life kind of took a pivot whenever I was a junior in high school. But we had started our show since I was a freshman in high school. Uh, but when I realized I wanted to do ministry when I was 17 and I was a junior um, going into my senior year, and that's kind of whenever I started really pursuing uh, ministry and ended up moving to Nashville. So kind of a similar story. Um and, you know, I think a lot of times people look at um, people who are well-known, whether that's famous or influencer or singer or something, whatever they are, and people think like, oh, that's what I want to do, but nobody realizes the work that you put in or the, the hours or how hard it is. So speak to the people out there who are like, look, I want to I want to do music or I want to be this or I want to be that, but kind of towards that hard work because you said you had a moment where someone set you down and was like, hey, this is what it takes. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, like, even whatever you're going to do in life, like it's going to take a lot, you know, if you're going to really pursue anything, even if it's what the Lord has called you to, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that just because the Lord calls you, he's going to give you every single thing. Yeah. He'll equip you to do it, but he doesn't lay it all out there. You know, you have to work towards it and you have to walk with him in it. So speak Mm -hmm. to that a little bit for the people out there who are younger, who are your age, who are wanting to go for it, but just uh, needing to have an understanding that the work is going to be hard, not growing weary and doing what is good. Yeah. Um, for me, I just knew that, you know, we're, we're just so blessed to even be alive and mm-hmm. to have Jesus and to have his forgiveness and grace. And mm-hmm. I knew that I just wanted to spend my life, the rest of my life, just worshiping him and glorifying him and working for him in a sense, like helping, you know, advance the kingdom of God. And mm-hmm. so I think that was really like what got me through a lot of my, you know, times where, I mean, it is a lot of hard work. People think it's a glamorous life. You know, like they see you on your tour bus and they think, oh, you have like this great life. And it's very far from that. Like Christian music is, it's hard work. I mean, every, every genre is, but Christian music is doing it for God's glory, which makes all of it worth it. Yep. And it's so much fun. It's beautiful hearing stories and testimonies, but you're sacrificing a lot. You're sacrificing your family. You're sacrificing pretty much your life in the sense of, you know, going out and doing shows and all these things, like you're, you're giving your life for Jesus to kind of yep. use you in that way. And so it's, it's really hard. And there's a lot of days that I, I wake up and, and then I did wake up where I was just sad. I just miss Jacob or I'm want to hang out with my sister one day, but I can't I have this or that. And 
So there's a lot, there's a lot of hard work in it. But I would just encourage people out there who realize that we are God's children and he is in control of everything. Yeah. And we are literally here on earth to serve Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. that is our purpose to serve him, to glorify him, to worship him and to tell others about him. Yeah. And you know, whatever job you may be in, you know, you can do that to a certain extent. And so Mm -hmm. I think just keeping my perspective on that really helped me Yeah, and all the hard days of knowing that I'm not here you know, just to have a fun life and to do whatever. Like I'm here to serve God, yeah. to serve the creator of the universe. That's and good. as hard as that may be, as as long days and, and tiring and all those things, like it's worth it because I know that I'm serving God and I'm doing it for a greater purpose than that's myself. Good. And I think that that's really what makes it worth it for me. That's so good. That's so good. And honestly, it's, if you read the Bible, you know, well, if you look at Christian culture and you're like, oh, following Jesus looks awesome. I mean, it just means that, you know, uh, God is with you, so you're going to be happy and it's all going to work out and it's all going to succeed. And it's actually not the case. And if you read the Bible, um, literally mm-hmm. when Jesus is encouraging his disciples to follow me, he says, pick up your cross. You know, it's like lay yeah. your life down. Um, and, yeah. and everyone there knew what he was talking about. Like, if you got to pick up your cross, that means crucifixion. You know, that means literally surrendering your life. And so the road to following Jesus is not always, it's not always easy. That doesn't mean that it's not still uh, insanely fulfilling. That doesn't mean that you still don't have peace that surpasses all understanding and joy that is a strength and love that's reckless and all these things. And so, yeah, it's it's not easy. And I think people need to understand that because I think sometimes people go in not understanding that. And the minute it's hard, they're like, well, God, where are you? But that doesn't yeah. mean God's not in it. And, and if they Absolutely. get pushed back, they're like, oh, well, God must not know. God's still there. God still called you. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it does get hard. Um, okay, so you've had other songs come out and uh, ama- amazing things that you've done. I actually just listened to your song, Mama. Uh, was it Mama's this morning? Yeah. Um, I loved it. And I wanted to ask you about you. how that was, just like doing a collab like that uh, with Hillary Scott, right? Mm-hmm. Was that yes. so exciting? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I grew up listening to Lady A. And so getting to just meet Hillary and, and sing with her and do the music video with her, it was so surreal for me. He's so talented. And it was so fun. That was so cool. I thought that was awesome. And then, like I mentioned, I got to give you um, a K-Love Award about two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what has that been like? Just like, you know, obviously we talked about the hard things of following Jesus, but like the good things. What have those moments been to you um, mm-hmm. whenever you stand up there and you have a K-Love Award and you're standing in front of all these people who, you know, you grew up listening to? I mean, even with mm-hmm. What a Beautiful Name, like Brooke was there, you know? Like, yes. what, what does yeah. that feel like? It's so surreal for me I remember standing up on stage first of all meeting you was so surreal like this is so cool (laughs) Um, but that was amazing and then just getting to see like you said like all of these people that have poured into me they didn't even realize that you know my whole life listening to Christian radio and Bethel music being there and just like these people that I've looked up to my whole life looking like at me as I'm giving this speech it was so surreal for me um but honestly, I think it just, it's the most beautiful thing in the world to be able to do music for Jesus and for mm-hmm. his glory. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing up on stage and just kind of like having this moment of reflecting back on my brother and all that I went through with him and using him and just being so grateful that God 
did not waste the tragedy, mm-hmm. but that he turned into something so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that really just makes me – it just makes everything so worth it when that's at the end of the day knowing that I'm doing this for him and his yeah. glory. So um, cool. And I think another thing that's really incredible is the testimonies – um, even just standing on that stage and just thinking about all of those testimonies I received from from people all over the world yeah. that have said that my Jesus or one of my other songs, you know, completely changed their life. Awesome. I had one person tell me that they like checked themselves into a rehab facility when they heard my Jesus and wow. gave up drugs and alcohol so that they could have wow. a relationship with Jesus and just so many stories. That's so cool. About that. Yeah. And it's like, that is so cool. And that's why I do what I do. And it, it just makes it so worth it for me. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I wrote down a review that I saw on your website and it said it was, uh, someone that went to your show and they said, the show is amazing. Our family loved the show and worship time together. This is my 11 year old daughter's first concert. And she was so excited to see Ann Wilson picture I have of her waiting for her to come out is so adorable. I'm so thankful for a new Christian artist and my prayer is that God will use her to win over many souls. Um, And I just thought that was like really sweet um, because one of my favorite things is when, you know, people come to my conferences, they'll be like, you know, 20 years old or whatever, but they have their mom with them or they have their grandma with them and I just think mm-hmm. it's really cool whenever you're able to do something that reaches generations, you know, and yeah. you're doing something that like uh, moms are being touched, grandmas are being touched, daughters are being touched, and not to mention grandpas and dads and sons and men and people who are in Jesus who are not and all this kind of stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. you're just doing something that's so special and it's so, and there's a lot of people that sing, there's a lot of people that write music, there's a lot of people that do that, but you're doing it. Um, with an anointing and with a gifting from the Lord, and you're doing it um, really out of obedience and a willingness, and it's touching people. And I'm so thankful that these 11-year-old girls have you to look up to, and I'm so thankful Mm -hmm. that people our age and every age have you because, you know, there's not that many people that are young living a life for Jesus that sold out like you're doing it, Mm -hmm. and it is so refreshing so refreshing to see and it's a joy to champion and so man i'm so grateful to have you on the podcast you're gonna have to come back like i said with your new projects your your the invite is always open um and i just appreciate you so much thanks for being on the podcast yes thank you so much for having me it was so good to talk to you